0: Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to, ah, oh, review it yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Oh Review It Yourself. Um, today, I'm joined again by Josh from the Talking Smack uh, podcast. I almost said Talking Smack comic there. I was jumping ahead of myself. Um, and we're here to talk A Quiet Place 2. Um, hopefully, this podcast isn't that quiet. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was, I was like really on edge thinking, oh, I hope it's not just the same stuff we've seen a million times in these kind of films. I, I thought
1: it was great so welcome josh yeah thanks uh glad to be back i'm glad we could figure something out that's not gonna kill your sleep schedule this time around too
0: yeah i've I've got work this time now like i'm so so i can't just do it whenever whenever i uh, feel like it so there you go never mind but uh, no good recommendation um because i I saw the first one and didn't realize there was a second one because i I mean it's only quite new isn't it like
1: 2018 the first one i think um the well the sequel came out last year. but yeah, Quiet Place, the first one, I think, came out in 2018, maybe late 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, yeah, these, these movies are fantastic. And I, I'm really glad. I, I actually had only watched it the one time when it first came out in uh, March of last year on Paramount+. And then I saw you watch the first one. It's like, I want to do the sequel. You had you had put out that you had seen the, the first one, and I was... I saw that on Twitter and I was just like, please let me come do the sequel. These movies are fantastic. I love talking about these movies, even though I've only watched them a couple of times.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw the GIF and I was like, yep, done. So um, I'd been looking forward to doing another another film with yourself after we did uh, The Fugitive, which a great film. Love that film. Um, there seems to be quite a few podcasters in kind of Chicago and Illinois, that kind of area. Um, do, I, do I say it
1: properly, by the way? Because I always worry. Chicago? with No, Il- no Illinois. I Illinois, yeah it's, yeah, it's Illinois. The S is silent. Although uh, some people in Illinois will say Illinois. Oh, uh,
0: okay. That I've never heard before. But that's yeah. So um no, it was it was pretty cool. So I, I was looking forward to watching it and thinking, I hope it's not like I started um, but then again, I watched the first like 10 minutes and I was like, Yep, this is spot on. Nice to see John Krasinski's character back um straight away. Obviously, for people who haven't seen the film, it starts up with like a flashback of day one, because we only really caught up with them like at day 60 or something in the first one and then the kid dies and then it skips forward like best part of a year doesn't it so um it was nice to see how it all kind of kicked off and then i had no idea that killian murphy was in this film i was like what like how did they get him like he must have said to them I want to be in this film because i was quite impressed that was a surprise a pleasant one
1: But yeah the casting is is fantastic in these movies it's uh, spot on. Everyone plays their roles perfectly. I mean, it, there's, it's not easy to act when you only have pantomime. Essentially, there's only so much uh verbalized acting in these movies, and to get people that are okay with that is, excuse me, it's really impressive that you you've got Killian Murphy. I mean, this movie was made by John Krasinski, and he wanted his wife in there, so you've got those two built in. Then you've got uh the girl that plays reagan who is actually deaf so she knows how to sign um but it it's still just a testament to like the quality of these movies that you've got people that are okay with limited
0: um yeah Yeah. no you're absolutely right i mean you've got um it starts and i tell you what i know it's like the film the first film was so quiet obviously because a lot of it's signing that's how they've survived and then it was like it was so like loud um like when, when things did happen, you thought, well, oh, this is really loud. Apparently when the first one was in cinemas, people didn't like, people were shushing other people, eating popcorn, like be quiet. Um, and I, I thought that was, I thought that was great. I And then the second one, the second one obviously starts off with like normality. Um, it was strange. It felt, I don't really talk about current events much, but it did feel like a little bit kind of looking back at seeing footage before the pandemic and kind of going, oh, I remember that. Like, I know that's not probably not what they meant, but when I watched like the beginning of the, the second one, and it's so loud, and I'm sure they, they amped it up in like the audio, but like the footsteps are really loud, the shouting's really loud, and you're just watching it with this awful sense of dread, thinking, be quiet, be quiet, because you know what's coming. Um, you know what's mm-hmm. coming. Uh, we see like there's some lovely little nods to the first one, like we see the space shuttle. Um, the sports are on tv i don't know what sports it was um there's like dogs people are clapping and That like dread um it's really like oh god um then you see killian murphy um, who's talking to the family and um he like his brother's in the military because he kind of says oh has your brother heard anything because he's at like
1: a nearby base
0: w- where is it set by the way i've forgotten
1: it's in the american northeast yeah yeah uh, like rhode island connecticut or maybe uh massachusetts i know john Krasinski's from the boston area so it's it's probably somewhere in that area um but uh one of the things that really sticks out to me in that first sequence is um there is a kind of a retroactive foreshadow to me it's such a dick move because you, you never kill a kid in a movie but they kill a the kid in the first like five minutes of the first movie and you see that spaceship oh that that damn spaceship
0: yeah i mean it would have been all right if he didn't take the batteries, but he's a kid, so he doesn't understand. Um, and I, 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 did, I did think they they dealt with some very interesting things. I love the fact that, like, the older brother, um, younger, but the older brother uh, in this film, he, what happened when, the, when they start making noise, when he goes and he sees, and he's like, he do, he's like, oh, God, they're making noise. Like, what am I supposed to do? He's just so unused to hearing people talk. Um, even though he can talk and we he can hear and everything. Um, and yeah, it was and I love the fact that they were using sign language even then. And there's that great foreshadowing of the dive part where he, he teaches him how to sign dive. Um, Kenny Murphy's character. And the, the mum's like coaching the kid um, as he goes to bat. That's what it's called, isn't it? Um uh, yeah, they're playing Little League baseball. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, we we don't get much baseball over here. Uh, although Field of Dreams, one of my favorite films just it's magical but yeah the spot I don't understand um I,
1: no <laughs> no, I don't get cricket kids so it's fine
0: <laughs> yeah my dad likes it it's it it's not the most riveting watch but then again I don't think Super Bowl is sorry I know I've got a massive American audience um almost <laughs> half my audience I don't feel free to let me know um because <laughs> I don't honestly I don't um but yeah I thought it was um like I love the foreshadowing like it it didn't hit you straight away it was like the radio goes out, then the dogs just kicking off, barking its head off, um, and then it's some kind of meteor comes in, and of course with it, I mean I don't I don't know if it's more an American thing, but especially with what's happened in American terrorism that kind of thing, does that awful like they all look up at it like what the hell is this like is it is it a meteor is it a plane is it a, is it a missile like they don't have a clue what it is, and I thought that was like off that you can see them all like, Oh God, like they all, the fact they stopped the baseball as well. They're like, yep, we're done. And everyone just like kind of off they go. Um, but yeah, and that's all before the creatures attack. It's a great 10 minutes. I loved it.
1: The, the sequence that leads up after they dismiss the baseball game, they just say game over. We're let's, let's all go home. Something is really amiss here. Uh, there's two really great, uh, cinematography moments where, you have the shot of John Krasinski's character and the daughter coming out of the alleyway through the point where the alien crashes into the police car. Oh, yeah. That is all one continuous shot. If you, It's something that again, you don't really notice because it's just kind of panning with John and you get into the truck, you go out of the truck, mm-hmm. then you run back and then it cuts, but it's, it's maybe 90 seconds or maybe not even that long, but it, it feels like forever because you're building that suspense but it, it's just great camera work that really just kind of really makes that moment feel real. Uh, it, it puts you in that moment because you're not editing through certain things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then you get to go hand in hand with the fantastic cinematography. And I apologize to the cinematographer. I didn't write his name down or her name down. Um, shouldn't presume uh, <laughs> the, the, you have the bit where I don't know what happens. I don't know if her, um, hearing aids fall out or whether she takes them out, but you have that moment where it's in silence and you see from, from um, the daughter's perspective, uh, who has hearing loss and she looks, she's looking around. And then as soon as the dad, John Cousins' character Gra- Lee grabs her, it goes back to his perspective and then you hear again. So not only is it hitting you with the visuals, it's also hitting you with the hit, like the hearing and and, and that that kind of the auditory side of it. So it really is like, I don't want to say rollercoaster because it. I'm not trying to cheapen it when I say that, um, but yeah, it, it. I was really impressed with it. Um, you get, um, oh yeah, and I love the scene in the bar, um, where they're in the bar and they're all hiding under tables, and there's that guy, of course, because America's very religious. Not that England, Britain isn't, but it, America's very religious in comparison. And the guy's, you know, saying the Lord's prayer. I don't know if he's Catholic or what. It doesn't matter. Um, and you see him praying, and you, you we know because we've obviously seen the first one and understand that these creatures are going to find him, And I just love that John Krasinski's character just puts his hand over his mouth as if to say, like it's all this one. Like, no, like, please don't do this. Um, Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. I I, I wrote down like the first 12 minutes were excellent. Um, I kind of wanted that to be the film. Like I know it wouldn't (laughs) have been the same, but I thought I'd kind of, when it finished, I was like, oh, I really, I get that if it had gone longer, it'd have been a bit much, but I thought, oh, I'd love to see a prequel. Like, you know, kind of setting. How it kicked off.
1: This opening sequence really just makes me have so many questions of like, are these creatures just did their planet blow up and they ended up here? Or are they like just parasites that live on a meteor? Are they like space termites that just happened to land on earth? Like, what are these things? And yeah. I, I, I want to know what what is their reason for doing what they do? Because it doesn't seem like they eat people, but they have teeth mm-hmm. but they seem to just kind of like swat at everything that makes noise and make sure it's dead. So it's like what is their significance to the universe? Or, the, or are they like weapons of mass destruction being sent by an alien race? It doesn't necessarily seem like something from the that these movies would really go into. Yeah. But again, it's something that you're just like, where do these things come from? What is their purpose? What do they do? And why do they do it? I, and, but we're not, so it's not It's not those kind of movies. They're kind of like the xenomorphs from Aliens, where yeah. they're just weapons of destruction. They're, they're just beings that exist. And we don't really know why. And we're not really meant to know why. Yeah.
0: And then they make sequels where they try and tell you why. And you're like, no, please don't do that. It's best not to know sometimes. But no, I've, the mystery I've... is always better yeah absolutely i have because then you can make up your own and talk about theories it gives podcasters a lot of material but my my theory is (laughs) um my theory is and it's it's a strange way of putting it but there's some um conditions that children adults have where um the hearing is painful to them whether they've got autistic spectrum disorder disorders or, or they've got you know some kind of auditory issues where sound is painful so I'm not trying to sympathize these creatures, but my theory is that possibly sound is painful to them because they've got such big, I mean, you can't call them ears, but they've got such big, you know, auditory canals, whatever on earth they've got, the side of their head. that And when you can see that sounds painful to them when she uses her hearing aids um, with, you know, the feedback and everything, I i wonder if it's painful to them. And they just swatted everything because they're trying to stop the pain you know how people who are sometimes in pain lash out because the the just the mind can't comprehend what they're doing um and they just lash out because they just want everybody to kind of go away or they want that silence not that i'm trying to sympathize them but i just that's that's my thinking on it kind of i don't know it,
1: it is an interesting theory uh, they just seem to me they just seem to be too reckless like they just wander looking for things that make noise so it, it i don't know it just seems odd and I, I really don't know but uh again the the mystery is part of what makes the discussion fun is you can be like <laughs> well no they're they do, definitely don't like things that make noise uh but yeah it, that, that is the fun of it and i i really do hope that they don't go back and give yeah. an origin yeah. i think the mystery is better than anything that they could ever try to come up with yeah uh but uh following up with that scene with the, in the bar uh, they eventually do break into the bar and john and his daughter run out His john's character's name is lee uh but he's just john krasinski <laughs> all the time or jim um but the the following scene uh just before all that where um uh oh geez uh her name's evelyn evelyn yeah i have it in my notes uh, played by um now i'm forgetting her actual name john krasinski's wife um emily mary poppins emily blunt, blunt thank you blunt. I, um, yeah. <laughs> yes
0: i was trying uh, not to and, make a mistake there
1: <laughs> yeah she's in the car with the two boys and that again is a continuous shot oh it's amazing which, that
0: because she could drive like a beast her driving's unbelievable and the bus comes uh, towards them apparently oh.
1: that was a live stunt too like there was yes. a bus coming at her and she That's had impressive. to like back up and do the driving uh so that was really cool apparently they did that at like 40 miles an hour which is uh, impressive it's pretty fast. I don't know what that translates to to kilometers, but no, um, we don't use kilometers. We use miles uh, per hour. Okay, it's it's cool. it's, uh, it's so oh. it's
0: it's Europe. It's it's Europe, the European Union, and it's uh southern the Republic of Ireland that use kilometers, Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, Scotland, England, okay. Wales. Not that we use miles per hour. So, yeah, I understand miles per hour.
1: All right, yeah. cool. Well, Canada uses kilometers, so I, I thought America was the only dumb one.
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, no, you took you took some of our dumb stuff. You you switched it round. <laughs> you drive on the wrong side of the road, uh, which I don't uh, see yeah, the wrong side true. of the cars. Don't really get it. But, <laughs> um, and and you've butchered some of our words, but we'll let you off. we let you. It's fine. You, you know? don't like aluminum? No, it's
1: aluminium. But like, <laughs> just, <laughs> to be fair, given how many Americans I've spoken to, that's never come up. But yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. do cheat at Scrabble too. You throw a U into color and favorite. Well, we we wrote it first, so who's the one doing it wrong? It's just,
0: just saying. We just, just. wanted to be
1: more honest at Scrabble. We we discovered we created this game called Scrabble, and we're like, we there's, there's too many letters in this one. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but you could have put that U. You you you're
0: spelling honor or color or whatever else you spell without a little letter. <laughs> we're getting more points for that letter. So who's the deaf one? <laughs> who's the deaf? We're getting more points. Um.
1: Yeah, fair point. No (laughs) pun intended.
0: Fair point. Yeah, that's you done. Um, but yeah, I I I, yeah, the door and sequence is absolutely great. And you get um, I love the visual as well, where it flashes forward to day 274. It's right after the end of the first film, like they've walked out with the shotguns and the little casket with the baby in. The baby's alive, of course, but it's like a casket, isn't it? The little box thing. (laughs) And I loved the visual of where they walked along the path that the dad had covered in ash to muffle their footsteps. And then they get to the end of the ash and they step over that line. And for me, I thought it's the end of like their dad's life, his protection. It's a whole new life for them. Like all encapsulated in that one little step from that. It's like, this is this far. I was going to say this far, no further, but that's, that's John Luke Picard, isn't it? But it is kind <laughs> of like that, um, that kind of, there's a, a very big step there like that's it like it's it's never gonna yeah, be the same.
1: It's exactly and it's it perfectly encapsulated with the idea that she's stepping onto these dried up leaves and she's making noise the moment she takes that step and it's it's just a like it's a beautiful parallel to the unknown that they're entering without uh john krasinski's character in their life anymore yeah and then uh I, before we move any further than that we do cut back to uh reagan the the daughter running back into the house to get um uh an amplifier like a guitar amplifier uh the speaker that they used at the end of the first movie to use her cochlear implant but the thing that bothered me the most in that scene is the fact that i know it was very quick turnaround but they did not fix that nail on the step Mm -hmm. and (laughs) even just seeing that nail i cringed as just uh no (laughs) fix it get rid of it
0: well, I was watching you thinking, oh, she's not going to step on the nail as well as she, uh, but thankfully she didn't. And another thing, like, I know it wasn't going to do it because it's not that kind of film. Um, but the fact, if it was another film, like a, a sillier film, the fact that kind of the wife doesn't go to see his body, like, doesn't go to kind of see him or lay him to rest or anything, the fact that it, she just goes, I was, if it was any other film, I'd have been going, please, God, tell me they're not going to bring him back, like, he's not mm-hmm. going to they're not going to see him morphed into something or like he's, he's like scrabbling around the lot. Oh God, scrabbling. Not like that. He's like moving around, you know, alive. And I thought, like, God, they didn't do yeah. it. Cause that would have been terrible. I mean, I don't know how he'd have lived. He got pretty much cut in half, didn't he? But, poor guy. Um Oh, and then, so after that, we see them traveling and they, they light a fire on top of the silo, like the grain silo, don't know, I think. Um, and then they see there's only like one fire left in the distance and they, they follow that. And then they get getting watched by like through a sniper, right? Like a sniper rifle scope. And the, the kid, like the, the lad, he steps on a bear trap. Like that was, and when he screams and I was like, Oh no, like, these are, these and the baby's wittering. Cause the oxygen is running out. That's, I didn't really get that. Like, was, were they like, was that some kind of sedative to keep the baby calm? Or was it just generally oxygen?
1: Cause I presume it's just I, oxygen. I took it as just oxygen because it, you can't really put soundproofing in something like a box like that without really cutting off oxygen. So the baby needs a, a pretty solid oxygen flow. Uh, so they, they kind of thought that through and put the oxygen tank in with the baby so that it can breathe, but also be quiet at the same yeah. time. Um, in my notes, I did have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, more agonizing to watch. Was it the nail? or was it the bear trap and also what do you think they're going to do in the third one to top it because <laughs> oh man i i don't know what i can i can't handle all that foot torture <laughs> i don't know someone's gonna lose a all um i i don't know
0: i think um yeah the nail was bad enough the bath was bad enough with where she's giving birth and then the bear like the trap bit and then it got worse later on i know i'm jumping ahead but the bit in the boiler where he's running out of air that was even what that was like oh god um Yeah, I don't know how they're going to top it. I I kind of, part of me hopes, I like it's one of those times when you watch a couple of films and you think, I really want to see another one. But the amount of times a film series does a third film that's really good is so low that you're kind of thinking, I really want you to do one, because I don't want that to be the end of seeing these characters. But at the same time, I don't want you to ruin it or make it silly or...
1: I don't, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, it's... Well, it, to your point here, the the issue I had with the way the first one ended is, yeah, it could be sequel bait or it could just be uh, make up your own ending. And then they're like, we're going to do a second one. And then it's like, oh, are you just going to do the same movie over again? And I remember when reviews came out for this movie, once it finally did come out, it was like, oh, this is aliens to alien. And I do think that's a pretty apt comparison because it doesn't recreate the first movie. It does a lot of its own stuff while still kind of following the, the rules of the original. So once you get to a third movie, it's really hard to continue to be original and not continue to escalate. Cause like, again, jumping ahead a little bit, the third one kind of feels like we're gonna go to war with, uh, we're gonna go to war with these things, but that just feels a bit too silly. And it, it's not as personable as these movies have been.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it was a bit because I took it to be if there's, I mean there's probably not enough speakers left in the world, but I took it to mean that she she would the sound would have like killed a lot in the area because the noise they can't kind of handle it. But I I don't I don't know. I tell you what I do want answered Don, I'd love to see what you think about this. How did all the other people die? Because surely it wouldn't have taken very long for people to realize that noise attracts these things. And also if they can, and I know we're jumping ahead, but if they can't swim, then surely there'll be a lot of people that, because those meteors clearly, if they can't get to a little island off the coast of wherever it was, um, unless they get stuck on a boat, which was a bit obvious, and I saw it coming, but um, never mind. how have they ended up everywhere? Like there must be lots of little clusters of people around. Did it just hit America? Because they don't really mention the rest of the world. I don't think. Um, but but
1: I, I don't want it to become that scope. I like films that stay small like this. Um, as far as where where everyone else is, um, to kind of just continue to be snarky against my fellow countrymen, it's America. You you're probably just getting people that are like, there's no way that they react just to sound. That's stupid. And then they get murdered because they're talking too loudly.
0: Oh, um, the might have guns. Uh, so yeah, noise it, it, it is kind of as well
1: yeah or or they're like i'm just gonna shoot it that that's probably the the main thing is they're like we're, we'll just shoot it um i did a a podcast with my friends on the for real podcast where uh we were talking about the mothman and one of the the little bumpkin people from the town where the mothman was showing up they were like uh how big is it can we shoot it <sighs> and if there's more of them can we shoot them <laughs> they're like okay shoot first ask questions later
0: yeah i i'm <sighs> yeah I, oh no I can't, I can't get into that it, it does seem a little bit <laughs> that's the mentality sometimes well what if someone's got a gun well give guns to other people it's not really going to solve your problem but oh, if that's what you think but that might be what happened maybe maybe they thought it would work or anybody would thought it would work to kill these things but it, i do like the fact and i liked it in the first one. they kind of abandoned it a little bit in the second one later on when those weird people at the dock turn up. I know we're jumping ahead, but, um, and then, and then they're like, they make a lot of noise and end up getting killed. And you're like, well, I thought I liked the point of these films was usually in like end of the world films, like the book of Eli, uh, Mad Max, um, which is a bit of a strip, but like I am legend. If you interacted with other people, you had to be careful because you don't know what kind of people are left and what do they want from you? And are they going to take what you've got? Whereas I liked in the Quiet Place series, you can't do that because if you make too much noise, you'll all get killed. So it's best to stay away from people, other people. You know, you stay away from them. Um, yeah, I don't know what you thought about that. I know I don't mind jumping around, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the the idea of um, factions and like, cults, for lack of a better word, like the these dock workers, they they definitely gave off like a a weird cult vibe I, I i do like that in post-apocalyptic movies because you you get the utopia people and then you get the the violent people that are just going to go and they're not going to create anything they're just going to take and they're going to murder anyone that gets in their way and those are the people that you got to look out for because obviously they will murder you but also because they will burn through resources
0: i think it's i think it's kind of implied that they are cannibals but again, that I don't really understand because surely with that many people dead, there'd be quite a bit of food around. I don't know, maybe. But do they kill? Here's another thing. Do these animal, animals, do these creatures kill animals? Because you very rarely see any animals. You don't see any deer or, I mean, I don't know what kind of wildlife they have in that part of America, but you don't see any deers. You don't see any, I don't know, mooses. Or well, I don't know, probably wrong part of the country. Apologies. But you don't see much wildlife, do you? Don't, you don't
1: see much. There definitely wouldn't be any moves that that far south. I knew um, that as soon as I said it. I <laughs> but I, I would assume that animals would definitely go uh, pretty quickly because even even dogs, in their their most knowledgeable moments, would bark eventually at these things. Um, if their nails aren't trimmed long enough, they're going to make little clacky noises on the ground, and they're going to get caught. That like there are animals like rabbits that could maybe survive a little bit but they're they're not as they don't seem to be as fast as these creatures so even though they don't make a lot of noise like squirrels rabbits whatever they probably would eventually get caught or slaughtered because they just they're loud by nature uh in just doing their natural things yeah it's um it's a good point but we'll have
0: um so yeah so Just so the note the next note I've got after that, um after the bear trap bit, because I just wrote down the bear trap bit, they are screwed. (laughs) That's what it felt like, like far too much noise. Um, and I put I put this family in nothing if not resourceful. Um and the guy they find Emmett, who's Killian Murphy's character, he's living inside a furnace. Now he isn't living inside a furnace, like a a big a big boiler, you might hear me call it. Um he he like goes in there when there's creatures near because it's soundproof but it's also airproof because it's a furnace. So he has to kind of rig up this system so he doesn't lock himself in, which comes into play later on. But I loved Killing Murphy's acting in this. Um, it was almost like seeing another 28 Days Later, almost in the way he played it. He talks a lot with his eyes and his face. And when um, Emily Blunt's character, the mother says to him, Emmett, is that you type thing? Um, his, his face feel like that for somebody just hearing somebody say your name after all you've been through and all you've lost you've been on your own like we figure out his son has died probably right near the beginning we don't see that and then he says that his wife died a few weeks ago a month ago kind of through some kind of unspecified illness but of course it could be anything it could be a little cut infection no antibiotics it would be quite easy you know to say someone dies of being sick um doesn't sound to, to people like us who are fortunate enough to live in countries with healthcare, um, it sounds a bit strange, but obviously then it would be quite easy to get sick and, and unfortunately a pass, so, and we see that, um, and he's like, no, you've got to go, I can't have your ear, and then he sees the baby and again, his face, like, I don't know, um, I hope you thought the same, because I just thought his, his acting was, was great, um, I've been
1: to see what you think, Josh? Killian Murphy's introduction in this movie is just awesome. The entire movie is just awesome, uh, but his introduction is really good because he's wearing that do rag, that bandit bandana, whatever it is around his face that you see like mm-hmm. westerns wear. Um, he he is clearly ashamed of what this world has made of him because he's lost so much, and he's uh, there's apparently some kind of history where they. They had an opportunity where they could have gone to be with Lee and the family, uh, on the, the house that was in the setting for the first movie. Sorry, I'm coughing so much today. I didn't right. talk. I didn't talk a lot today. My family is out of the house, so my vocal cords aren't.
0: We could have done some kind of vocal exercise. We could. Have uh, we of... could
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We could have, we could have done muting. a back.
0: And, we could have done a back and forth. <laughs> I could have said aluminum. Uh, See, so i have said it like you. You could have said aluminium. I could have said tomato or you could have said tomato. We could have, could have had a few. And we could have gone back and forth, but no, it's, it's, it's fab. Sorry. Go on with you. What were you uh,
1: so yeah, he, he's got his face hidden. So it's really just really visualizing his shame that he feels that he never went out to the, the house to try and meet up with them. We don't really know what the relationship is between him. Like the first time I watched it, I thought he was like uncle Emmett or something, but it, I think he was just like a really good friend of the family through uh, my second watch but again you just you see he's trying to withdraw from the world and he's just going to try and live out as much of this hellscape as he can until it's just time for him to go uh but then he sees the baby and finds out that lee is gone and the do-rag comes off and he's just like you can stay the night and then you got to go and you can see that humanity slowly starting to return yeah. for him
0: well he's got to survive. he's grieving he's son he's grieving his wife he's grieving all of the life he's lost he's got probably got well he will have survivor's guilt um and he's just doing what he can see i gathered from only watching this once especially at the beginning he asks her how do you say dive and this that and the other i gathered that he was kind of like not a close friend of the family but they knew him they saw him at like baseball games you know that kind of like a friend of a friend and i gathered he was a neighbor and they kind of knew him but i mean their land's that big um, that he was, they didn't know him that well, but she knows him well enough to recognise him, even through all, you know, the the beard and the snood, or whatever you guys call the right? <laughs> Um, So so she does recognise him uh, with his cap and, and everything like that. And um, we find out, obviously, his son's gone, so he's got a charcoal drawing of him. Um, but he he sums it up brilliantly, um, Killian Murphy's character, because he says, uh, quote, the people that are left, what they've become, and he might be talking about himself as well. no doubt it is. He says they're not the kind of people worth saving. And he, he he makes that point straight away that look, you don't wanna you don't wanna go out there and find people because and he's correct later on where you'll just run into trouble. You just wanna stay away from people.
1: Yeah, I have in my notes uh there are two character moments where they just make horrible decisions when you know they know better one of them being Emmett trusting that little girl on the dock like he's already suspicious of this area and then he sees that little girl and he just approaches her i mean you're not thinking oh they're using the little girl as bait or the little girl has a noose in her hand and she's going to tie it around my neck but he he knows better in that moment and yet he still kind of lets his old side out pre pre pre-apocalyptic side out
0: yeah because because the baby and the family that his humanity, like you said, has come back and then he starts to become foolish. So his humanity starts to override his, su- the survival is part of his brain, but also she's not a, she's not a kid. She's like 18 or something. She's not young
1: when, unless it's the makeup. She looks
0: a lot older. Wait, when Cause well, she I thought, grabs
1: I, Or is it someone I thought else? She was younger. Uh, the, the, the girl on the dock that puts the noose on him, Um, the uh, towards the, Back half of the movie, um because the the weird cultist doc people, uh, they they sent out the little girl and she's she's like a little jump scare, and then he like comes to see her and he's just, he's like it's okay and then she like lunges at him and throws yeah. the noose around his neck.
0: That's uh, I'm
1: pretty. I thought I thought she was more like nine to twelve.
0: Maybe yeah. I might be. But I might have confused it because there are like other women in that kind of cult, but I was watching <laughs> it just thinking, oh no, they, no. Like, why would a little girl be hiding, like, on the end of a dock? Like, I just thought, this is not going to end well. Exactly. Um, uh, because, and the, anyway, so um, they find out Beyond the Sea has been playing for four months, uh, a tune by Bobby Darin, great song. Um, and he says, oh, it's the valley. Um, and he says, he argues with the daughter and says, you know, there's nothing left. And I wrote down, you know, Emmett, that's his name, uh, the character's name he's miserable, he's jaded. I mean, you would be, of course you would be. I don't know how you'd be anything else. Um, and I love how the little touches in this film that exactly the same as the first film, it's so well thought out. I love the fact that the whole family, apart from the baby, of course, sign to Emma when they're talking. They're still kind of, you know, they're still signing everything. And I thought, yeah, you would, because it would become such, well, it wouldn't even be second nature, it would be first nature to you over talking. They signed to him, and he's like, "I don't, I don't understand, I don't know what you're saying." Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I, I like, I like, I love little details like that. Where they thought about it, you know, it's not just like, "Oh yeah," it's like, "Oh actually, if you think about it, it's like in the first film, the supermarket. It's apparently when you look, all the shelves are empty apart from the crisp section because people didn't want to make noise. I think that's yep. genius because that's what people would think. They, they wouldn't buy the crackers. Oh, I mean, like. What we call crackers, they wouldn't buy. Um, you know, they wouldn't. Is it Graham crackers, whatever you call them? You wouldn't yeah, buy those. You wouldn't crackers. buy. Yeah, you wouldn't buy crisps. You wouldn't buy. Um, uh, where does the gram come from? I've got to ask. What is that? Just a make or? I
1: have no clue. <laughs> um, I think it's it's maybe named after the person who baked them up. I really oh. don't know, Grant. That's not something I've ever thought about. Mm. I'll have to look that up for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I know biscuits are what we call cookies and crisps are chips or uh, potato chips. And then chips are fries. Uh, I can thank Bluey for all that.
0: Yeah. It's like your potato chips. We call them crisps. Your fries. We call chips.
1: Well, what else? Yeah. It's like when I went to
0: when I went to America and I saw it like an advertisement at the county fair saying um, the original country ham biscuit. And I thought I'm gonna have to try that. But it was just what I would call a scum with, like, ham in it. It was a bit weird. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like you call all biscuits cookies, whereas we just call them biscuits and then the cookies cookies. But mm. very food-oriented, of course, um, <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and they, they so the daughter ends up arguing with um, Emmett and saying... And it was such a good film. They were allowed to call a character Emmett. And I didn't keep thinking, it's your kids, Molly, your kids. But anyway, because uh, that's <laughs> the only other Emmett I've ever heard in my life. Um, and she argues with him and says, well, signs to him, you know, I need to try because dad would. Uh, no, no, sorry, I tell a lie. She argues with the brother because the brother says to her, please don't do this. And that kid, that kid, that that lad, I mean, they all do, but that lad acts his socks off in this one. In the first one, he's younger and he's not involved as much. But in this second one, oh, he acts his socks off. That scene where he's begging her not to go, I
1: was like, God, you can act, you like it was. I was quite impressed. Well, the the bear trap scene alone, like oh, you, you the score, see yeah. the process of shock go through him. It snaps. He comes back. He looks at it, and he, his instinct is to be quiet, and you can see it on his face. And then just the scream that comes out of him—it it just, yeah, he—he he, he is a phenomenal situational actor in the very least. Like I—I yeah. I, I can't speak to too much about anything else with him, but um, they're foreshadowing so many different things, uh, namely the sprinkler system and one of the things i know you're you're a pretty good star or pretty big star trek fan especially compared to like star wars yeah um not the I recent, really stu- enjoy not star the recent trek. stuff not the recent stuff
0: uh, <laughs> uh, pre- uh, i really pre- star Trek
1: beyond <laughs> no, no, I, didn't, I actually I didn't really mind enjoyed
0: those yeah i didn't mind them uh
1: but star trek beyond like there's there's not really a wasted scene in that movie and the the quiet place movies as well they Every scene has a purpose. Every oh, yeah. scene is telling its own story. Yeah. And if it, if something is in the shot, it's in the shot for a reason. It's yeah. not just there because it looks good. They're trying to be like yeah. building the world or setting something up. They're needed. They, they do that in everything with this movie. Oh, yeah.
0: there's no oh, yeah, you're right. There's absolutely no meat. Uh, sorry for interrupting, but I, I was just trying to say that they should have got the editor for this, for the Batman, because if the Batman film had been so on point would have been about an hour shorter and it would have been unbelievable. Like they, That's what I mean. There's no there's no wastage in this film. There's no... Like, they really sort the wheat from the chaff, which I, yeah, I don't know if that'll translate across the pond, but they're really like... They don't put any faff, any fluff. There's none of that. It's exactly what you need. And like you said, it's almost like nothing that they put in um, is it, just there for the sake of it. It all builds up. Even like the dive at the beginning, which I didn't think that was going to come back into play. I just thought... They were being nice and teaching him, you know, a sign and um, which was interesting. But um, oh, yeah. And I loved the bit where they end up on a platform like the tr- where they walk through like a train platform. And I love that there's just shoes abandoned across the platform, like heels and boots, as if people have realized um, like, as it gets more desperate, they've realized that they've just abandoned their shoes because they can be quieter in their socks or. In their just their feet, I just again details. I love stuff like that. As someone who loves films, I was like, "That is spot on." Like I can't talk. I've I've had a few, a couple of films I've reviewed where, the last couple of podcasts where they've just been unbelievable. <laughs> I'm doing an absolute dud soon. I know I am, but I, honestly, I love this film. I thought it was great, um, and the train sequence as well. But I won't get to that bit yet. The
1: train sequence just. Uh... <laughs> the the part where they do the one big jump scare just ah jump scares are the worst uh, but I can handle them in these kind of movies because I know that's not the point of the movie well well the point is to make the loud noise which is what's going to make you scared mm-hmm. um, but like I remember talking with oh, hi cat sorry if you <laughs> hear jingle my cat just walked in um, uh, talking with one of my co-hosts on talking smack uh, Alex he talks about how the first Quiet Place movie it was like his favorite theater going experience ever uh it, you could hear a pin drop everyone yep. was just dead silent yep. and then uh with this one again they're they're a little more liberal with the noise because we assume that there's maybe not as many monsters since they've killed at least two or three now and mm-hmm. uh, we don't really know how many there are um oh if they the, can breed on we don't the, know that the either. idea of yeah that too um if they're termites oof earth is oh, screwed God, yeah yeah um but the the train sequence especially is so great because it it does what you were talking about earlier with the opening of the movie where uh, they play with the sound where there's a good 20 to 30 seconds where we hear nothing just like reagan and then it i think we hear a gunshot and that's that's when the sound comes back is we we get the gunshot from behind um but yeah, it, the the sound mixing and just the way they play with sound, especially in this one, yeah. uh, since Reagan is now the point of view character instead of John Krasinski's character, um, it, it's just fantastic, and it it really, I know she has good intentions, but it really plays to the naivety that a yeah. young person would have in this world, where as a deaf person, she's like, um, I'm gonna go wander around this world that i can't hear but now there are super hypersensitive hearing aliens in the world that if i make the wrong noise that i'm not going to hear they're going to come after me yeah so it's a really interesting weakness and strength battle as well
0: yeah and i also thought that there was you you feel like and i know you you shouldn't think this way but purely out of the fact that her dad's bigger and stronger when she goes out into the world you feel she's so much more vulnerable. You know, she's she's smaller. She's probably not as strong. She can't hear. She can't hear the noise she makes. So she's a, and she can't hear other people sneaking up on her and that kind of thing. And you just feel like there's that extra vulnerability there. And I love the scenes that she has with um, Eddie Emmett character. She says to him, you know, you said you couldn't, you know, you could not do enough. Like now you can. That was such a great scene where she kind of convinces him well, she kind of doesn't, but then he turns up anyway. Uh, later on, that you know, and he saves it like you can't, um, you can do something, you can do something now. And he gives her that like hope. It is a story about hope. Um, I think I don't know how you felt about that, Josh.
1: Um, all of that it, with her and Emmett, just her building a new relationship, not necessarily even like a fatherly relationship, uh, with Emmett, but just having that. Strength that she didn't have in the first movie To just say what she wants to say uh, Through the, the events of the first movie She has learned that she needs To be more communicative Even if it's difficult Because you have that moment where It's again it's, it's kind of complete Silence where Emmett Is trying to talk to her and he, You can just see the frustration And if you have the captions on you'll see They'll like, actually have the dialogue there And he's just like shit you're deaf You can't hear me and she just calmly turns his head and just points to her lips and says, enunciate. Yeah. And like, I can, I can understand you. You just have to work with me. Did your cat just meow there? Because I had a weird noise. Uh, Nope. I'm oh, sorry. no, third now t- snoozing.
0: We don't have cats. So I don't know what that noise was. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. One,
1: um, one found you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the heck? um yeah so no I, I i agree it was it was it's such a great scene and it, it did make me i laughed because i thought well because it's naturally you when you're talking to somebody especially if you sat next to them you're not going to look them dead in the eye because it would kind of be a bit uncomfortable if you're right next to them um especially like they don't know you especially the well. in this
1: world where you have to have your head on a swivel and
0: yeah well yeah you have to be able to see people definitely um so i and i love the fact that the scale is widened for this For this second film so the best example i got was um the scene where you get the shot of them walking back across the bridge and you see it from higher up and you see kind of the the landscape and how much more wild it is um but i felt like the film never kind of never lost its main focus
1: on the family um yeah so the the focus on the family is really interesting because they they kind of do a little bit of a tropey thing where everyone just kind of goes off in their own adventure in this one so you have reagan go off with Emmett to try and find the the island beyond the sea or the radio station beyond the sea yeah evelyn has to go and get medicine for um marcus is the son's name oh yeah Um, Yeah. she has to yeah she has to go get medicine for him before the infection really starts setting in and the pain of everything and then marcus is tasked with babysitting um Terrible. the only he's part just of a this it's just a terrible job <laughs> he doesn't i was gonna say that's that's the other moment that i have where the characters make horrible yeah. decisions like he has been anxious and paranoid this entire movie and then he's tasked with babysitting the baby and he goes i'm bored i'm gonna yeah. wander around this steel mill yeah and just make as much noise as possible
0: but again the immaturity like i know they've grown up in this world but still that immaturity there especially when he's tasked with looking after a baby he just and especially one he can't even kind of he can't play with or you know he can't kind of babble at the baby or anything because they're supposed to be quiet you can't interact with the baby and it's newborn so it's not going to be interact anyway but yeah the baby's only much, like yeah, maybe 48 hours out. old yeah, yeah yeah keep forgetting um yeah so and it's like you know on its oxygen bless it uh, but I, do you find know if it's a he or she? Is it he? Uh, it's a little boy, I think. I, I think, think it's, it's a, a he, boy, yeah. yeah. I think it's a boy, yeah. Um, and yeah, and and I, I, I was thinking when I was watching the film, I thought, I hope it keeps its focused view. Like, I didn't, I thought there was a risk, especially you said with the trope of them all going off. I felt like if there's one, it's not a criticism, I can understand why they did it, but I felt like the mom character was sidelined somewhat in this film. Like, she's very rarely in it, like, considering how much she's in the first one they really did make a conscious effort well a conscious decision to kind of go yeah we're going to follow um the daughter character whose name i keep forgetting um uh reagan reagan that's it how do i forget that tear down this wall Uh, not that (laughs) that reagan sorry um um, yeah so oh god that shouldn't be saying that nowadays anyway so uh, yeah (laughs) the um i i thought um I didn't like I didn't want to see the same film I've seen a million times in these films, you know, where it just becomes all that action. And I thought, oh, please don't do that. Because I thought there was a risk, but thankfully they didn't they didn't go that way. And but I thought the whole point would be avoiding other people. You know, when they go and say, Oh, we're gonna go find this island or whatever. I thought, well, I thought the whole point was you would avoid other people. I didn't really understand why she wanted to, although she's she wants to pass on this kind of not a cure, but oh I can stop them the, with my the weapons. Yeah, yeah, the weapon in essence. Um and then I've just written yeah, and then I wrote down shit he's locked in the boiler <laughs> because he, <laughs> he gets back in the boiler, okay, oh, yeah, because a creature appears whilst whilst the mum's out doing whatever she's doing. I look for antibiotics and stuff. Um and the the kid, the the lad ends up uh locking himself in a boiler, and of course it's airtight, so he's only got so long. Because I was trying to figure out at the beginning what the timer was because Emmett's character has like a watch a wristwatch that that has a timer and a sports watch and it goes off i think what's the point in that and it's basically saying to him, you've got three minutes in there however long you've got um and then you have to open the door and get you know get get a bit of oxygen in um and i oh yeah who are these creeps that's what i wrote down. <laughs> that's we've got to the dock part um so yeah that, that was and then they throw the noose around him the little girl jump scare bit which is quite obvious but what can you do and then uh, they put like this noose around his neck that has all these like big cowbells on it um which i thought was really clever i thought oh yeah that would be a but also a bit stupid from their point of view like it only takes one mistake and you're all dead anyway which is what happens so that felt <laughs> yeah. a
1: bit like how would these people survive um and how are they so ready to spring these traps too? Like how how many people are they coming across in these moments? But to your point about the the stopwatch, that that's another one of those little details that comes back to make sense in in this movie. That again, they they have thought about every little detail that is in these scenes, and he's gotten uh, Emmett has gotten to the point where he knows. Uh, okay, I've got three minutes of air because i'm the one in here we've got five minutes of air because i'm the one in here we've got four people in here we've got three minutes and uh he it's just again it, it just it works so well in this universe
0: yeah do we find out what he is he's like an engineer or something i think he says what he is at a certain point i can't remember
1: unless i'm i I, I, don't rem- I don't remember either if they ever do i don't know if it's necessarily important yeah. not to minimize the question uh no, but no, no. i mean it <laughs> Uh, in a world where you have to be quiet or you have to be clever to get away with not being quiet. Um, I mean, the being on the docks, like I, I, I thought that was kind of clever because you're going to get pr- that ambient noise. That's yeah. going to constantly be going because the waves are breaking against the dock. Yeah. So you could make a little bit more noise. Yeah. Well, um, but same like the same with where the he is. It.
0: Sorry. The same with where he is. Yeah. Like he, he says, oh, it's, cause the kid, the boys, like we should, we shouldn't talk. Marcus is like, he looks at him like, we can't talk, and he's like, it's three foot, he's like, it's three foot of concrete up there. Like, if you talk normally, they're not going to hear you unless they're mm-hmm. right outside. Um, and I thought that was like, I thought he was in some kind of construction, I might have just made it up in my head. Um, but and then you get the bit where he's stuck, and then they've got her, and you're thinking, oh, well, this is this is where's it going? Like, what's going to happen to her, and you know, is she going to get killed or eaten or or worse uh and and he does that sign to her he's dive and she dives in the water and he grabs a somebody near him like that guy and puts the noose on his neck and he dives in and a creature appears and just swats them to pieces which was quite a cool
1: scene yeah the end of that scene is another one of those we're setting something up and we're telling a a story within a story yeah i saw that coming
0: i'm I, I, sorry I, I, yeah
1: because <laughs> you get the the one monster that ends up on top of one of the boats and it, the boat just kind of drifts away in the scene and you don't even think about it and then it comes back up i, in I saw it coming. I'm,
0: I'm not trying to be smart but i saw it coming i thought i know what's gonna especially when when he was looking around uh, so um they get to emmett and the daughter uh, uh, lee's daughter reagan get to um get to this island and it's just normal. It's just bizarre. It's like, it's all normal. There's a campfire, there's kids playing. Um, I don't think they're toasting marshmallows, but in my head they were, you know, it's, it's that kind of scene. They're having a cookout, a barbecue, all that kind of thing. And it's like a glimpse into a life that you once knew a little bit like pre-COVID where you go, Oh, I remember that. Um, You know, that kind of, that kind of thing. And, and, and there's a beautiful, I think it's the best moment in the film, the best, the best part where they they see the campfire and Emmett, looks at them and you see in his face just this like almost like a horror and like emotion and he wants to he's just so shocked and he goes to step back away from it because he thinks as you would I'm in danger I can't go anywhere near them and then obviously they realize that they can't they realize when one of the creatures is on the little boat another one falls in the water and they can't swim uh they like they drown so they can't cross any kind of water uh, or a body of water. Um, and I just loved that part. I loved like, the unbelievable acting um, from him. And also there was great acting from, and I can never pronounce the, the guy's name right. Um, Jairo Hensu. Yes, thank you. And he's there. I also remember him as the um, the guy from Yeah, I yep. thought it was brilliant. And he did Blood Diamond as well. He was great in that with DiCaprio. That's, that's, that's a good age, that film now. Uh, both of them are. Um, and I thought it was great. Like that scene where, his character describes the hell of where they tried to get on boats. Like I love, I love scenes like that where they describe something that's happened more than I do more than I do seeing it. I think there's more power, like it reminded me of a scene in 28 Days Later, also with Killian Murphy, but where a character um says to him, I think the character's called Mark, um, right at the beginning, and he he explains what happened when they ended up at a train station with money. And then someone was infected in the crowd and, and it's a beautiful scene about the heart, ho- like the horror, but it's all told through somebody just saying it. But like the power behind that is much better than a kind of, I did like the film more better, more effective than like a world war Z or Z film where you've got, you know, like swarms of zombies acting like ants. Uh, it's good. It's cool, but it doesn't have that kind of emotional weight. Um, I, yeah what what
1: did you think I I'd, I'd love that that was one of my favorite parts I, I completely agree um I don't even really want to get on a big tangent about World War Z because that movie butchers an amazing book Oh I love the book uh, yeah the book's great The book is just yeah, the book's fantastic great. An, an oral history of a fake zombie apocalypse Yeah just yeah. oh it's so good um, th- there is a good movie to be made from that book. Oh yeah, they yeah. just didn't do it. <laughs> no, no,
0: and, and not, um, we're not going to talk about the film. But for anybody just to put a little bit of context in it, so I've read World War uh, Z or Z or whatever, and I know Josh has, I read the book because I loved it. I, I read Max Brooks' uh, The Zombie Survival Guide as well. If you've ever read, that's another one, another spin-off. Great book if you've not read it, Josh. Um, and that World War Z basically, it, it's it's told in like almost kind of a diary form. Um, It just has little snippets of people all around the globe saying, uh, telling you what's happened and you piece together throughout kind of what's gone on. You never really get a proper answer. It could be this, it could be that. It certainly doesn't have a central character really. Um, It kind of shows you all these different viewpoints probably would work better as a television show if they were going to do that, but then they'd drag it out for 10 years and kill it. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Um, or do one series and they get axed but um, it's definitely it's a great book. So it's a, it's just so far away from what they made. It's just bizarre. Um, yeah, but the, the, anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. But I had figured out the boat bit and the flipping and then that the 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 character I can't, I can't remember the actor's name, but he ends up and he runs off and they end up in the station where they broadcast the music. And he stands in front of these shutters that are open about four foot. And he's like, I have to go find my family. I have to go find my family. And I'm like, mate, move away from the doors. Move away from the doors. Move away from the You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to, oh, you're dead. <laughs> it was like one of those times, like it was one of the only times in the film where I thought it should have been tightened up. Like it should have made a little bit shorter so that there wasn't that kind of, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like He just came across like he was stupid. But to be fair, if you think about it, you would be like that because he hasn't experienced, but kind of he's ended up on the island. It's kind of been normal for them. They've had kind of a
1: normal life. But what did you think, Josh? Um, this if if there was something that I said I was going to dislike about this movie, it would be this moment. Um, when I saw Jamon Hinsu was in the movie through the trailers, it looked like he may he might have a bigger role than what that actually happens in the movie through the trailers but i had a sneaking suspicion that he was going to die because he dies in everything now (laughs) he didn't die Uh, he
0: didn't die he didn't
1: die gladiator but
0: although since then he has i'm not sure if he was meant to originally die gladiator because the i mean i don't think he was but the ending scene where he and i just love the trivia and i haven't done gladiator yet the bit where he buries the little the 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 statues of like marcus and his wife and his little kid yeah in the auditorium like like no not the, the Coliseum um, the auditorium Jesus uh, the Colosseum. <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed to say that um, he, he says you know I'll meet you again but not yet that was supposed to be done by Oliver Reed's character um, who played Proximo but because Oliver mm. Reed had passed away and they spent millions finishing it off with CGI Rework. reworking yeah. it he, they couldn't do that and they hadn't filmed it so they changed the character anyway yeah sorry go on I, just, I actually prefer I love that
1: the ending we got though mm, yeah Yeah, that, that's a good I didn't know that actually but I, I prefer the ending we got because it, it 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 brings that moment with that character full circle Yeah. because uh, he's talking about how he's going to meet his family again but not yet and yeah that's really good but um, yeah I just did not care for this moment because uh-huh. uh, to kind of break away from the story it it plays into the trope of the black guy has to die in a horror thriller movie. And again, Jim and Hinsu, if, if you want someone to be shocked by someone dying, don't bring in the guy that was in two separate DC movies, like the year prior and died in both. Don't bring in the guy who was in guardians of the galaxy and died. Don't bring in the guy who was in blood diamond and died. And uh, he was in Sp- spoilers. spilers. <laughs> <laughs> you have just ruined
0: about. The I'm awful at spoilers.
1: So- <laughs> <laughs> it's Jaimin Hinsu. He's gonna die. It's it's the same as um oh geez who's the other guy that always dies in in his movies? Sean um, Bean. Uh, uh, Sean Bean that was a dies. joke amongst Sean Bean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, he's he's just a different version of Sean Bean. He just gets smaller roles. Um, but it, it's not. It wasn't surprising. And like to your point, it wasn't. It wasn't played up well. Um, you saw the garage door was left up. You saw him be being loud, and he, I don't. I think we. I think we went too fast. I think we lost it. Like no, these things are fast, and you're being loud, so it, it can find you. Yeah. And it the the whole scene just played out poorly. Is yeah. just like, Jarman who's like, I'll die on screen for a million dollars. Like sold. And I would. I would if I, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I mean, he probably didn't even do like a half day's worth of work. Um, he did a little stunt driving, uh, sat by a fireplace. Oh yeah, he did, yeah. And, yeah, and then that. he he got dragged underneath the garage door. And his day was done.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd take that money. I would take that money. I would do that money. And yeah, I would too. Um, for, as quick as I could. Um, no, yeah, I yeah, it was a little bit. It was the only bit where I kind of went. That is just daft, like dumb. And you could see it coming a mile away. And I'd kind of I'd have been more impressed if they hadn't. If they like. If they hadn't have done it, they should have set it up, and then you should have had like the daughter slap him or Killian Murphy's character clip him and be like, No, listen to me, you haven't, you don't know what you're on about. You need to move and like grab him whilst the thing tries to something like that. Just just go against your expectations. That would have worked better because you'd have gone, oh, they were setting up the trope, and then they just totally undercut it.
1: But yeah, I think that would have been a lot you know, better. He had, to, he had to die. Yeah. And is- uh, they just needed they needed him to drive. Draw- they needed him to do something i I, the character just it was he was there to die and it just it it bothers me that they had to play into that trope because this movie is so good everywhere else
0: i mean yeah i could understand why it might have felt cheap um i i i I know what you were saying but i think it got cut there at the end but yeah i i get that that, i mean i didn't think of it like that to be fair i just i knew he was gonna die and i thought you've got to die because well you just there's nothing
1: else for you to do in this moment
0: yeah pretty much um and then you just throw these kids in the cupboard and he's just like, be quiet. like, shush. Yeah, that,
1: that was a very much a, a calm before the storm kind yeah. of moment. The way this series has worked, I wouldn't be surprised if those two boys end up becoming like surrogate sons to Killian Murphy's character. Uh, because it's it's going to be about rebuilding what they lost at this point. And so it's kind of going to, I feel like it's going to become like a chosen family kind of story in the next one where, you have uh, Evelyn's family, Reagan's family, and you have Emmett with these two new boys that are going to replace, not replace, but kind of he feels obligated to take care of them because he can try to do better for them than what yeah. he ended up doing for his kids. Um, so like, there, there is still heart to be had in, in a sequel. Um, it's just a matter of how well they can tell that story. Yeah,
0: it's going to have to avoid a lot of pitfalls because there's going to be a lot of characters in it if it goes the way you think. Um, which yeah. probably will. There's going to have a lot of characters in it. What are you going to do this time? Are you going to continue with the daughter, and continue with Sad and the man, or are you going to go more with the daughter, or more with the son, or more with Killian Murphy's character because it's Killian Murphy? Um, let's be honest. I'd love to. I mean, I, I hope we do. I hope we get some more flashbacks of John Krasinski's character because it's kind of like one of those things where he's like such a beloved character in the first film. You kind of want to see him again. Um. So I hope we see more of him. I, obviously, not loads of him because he's dead. But you know what I mean.
1: Uh, so yeah. <laughs> if, I, just... if I had to make a prediction, I would say towards the end of whatever they decide to be the last movie, he would come back and he would have like this moment where he's signing with Reagan or the, like, just having a moment with the family, and they would kind of use that to punctuate. Because this one started with a. F- a flashback uh started with a flashback and then i feel like punctuating it at the end with a flashback would be a nice little star wars poetry kind of moment
0: yeah like a bookend type thing yeah i get that i get that. i mean i just yeah i I think i think krasinski when i read up said he was going to do a third one and kind of finish it but you don't know nowadays it's modern day (laughs) they say it's the final one they call it the final one like they did with the final destination and then it does really well so they make another one uh just ignore the fact that was the last one so yeah um we'll have to see but i, I did think i understand and you you alluded to it earlier that in some ways it, i did write down it, in some ways it treads similar ground to the original film but i'm glad it did like you could argue i i, I would understand if somebody said it's the same film over and over again I, I, i'm not bothered it was not it? it was i'd understand that point of view i'd didn't I wouldn't agree with it, but I'd be like, no, I can see why you'd think that, but at the same time, I don't want anything different. I didn't, I didn't want it to become kind of like, you know, this big silly kind of Independence Day esque type aliens and Mars attacks. I didn't want that because it would have just been a betrayal of what it was, and everybody would have gone, this is not what we want, um, we don't want this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, I think I liked the way it ended as well. Um, how did it end <laughs> it's going ahead. Uh,
1: it it um i i saved this because you were you had mentioned that you didn't like how evelyn had kind of become a side character to mm-hmm. the story yeah uh but the way the movie ends it really encapsulates why that is and you have both kids taking out a monster on their own so it's oh, kind yeah. of a, a not like a transition of power or transition of leadership where reagan uh gets the radio station going and kills the alien, the monster in in the radio station. Then you have Marcus defending the family and kind of overcoming his anxieties and stepping up to, I don't want to say like to be a man, just because he has anxiety doesn't mean he's not a man. Um, he's, he's still a young man at the very most generous terminology. Um, so like him being scared is not a, a hindrance. It's yeah. him just learning how to cope in a world that he never asked for. Um, but it, it ends with that punctuation of the kids are now the ones kind of taking over this crusade against the, the monsters. Um, Evelyn helps with the, the sprinkler foreshadowing. Uh, she gets the monster out of the, the boiler room. Marcus is the one that kind of takes the lead from it, um, which I, I have in my notes here before as we're getting to the end here. Uh, I have the most unbelievable thing about this movie is the fact that Evelyn goes on a miles long walk multiple times <laughs> carrying a heavy trunk, air tanks, a shotgun hours after giving birth with a foot in her, with a hole in her foot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um she I don't know if you've ever been around a woman after labor but it's a mess. <laughs> Uh, not to get too too detailed, but there there's a lot of stuff going on, and the fact that she's walking around doing anything, let alone going on a miles long walk and helping carrying this trunk with an air tank and a baby and supplies, it's that to me, Do you know, it's kind of a joke, but also realistic. You've made me
0: think. You've made me think. Actually, you know what? I, I'll retract my earlier statement. I think the reason why they might have sidelined her a little bit is because how much can she re- realistically do? Like, I know it's not an ultra-realistic film, obviously, but how much <laughs> can she do? Like, if she'd have been the main character again and done as much as a daughter, people would be going, she gave birth, like, six hours ago. Like, what <laughs> the heck? Like, this, d- like she should be, like, with, with no drugs, she should be just out. Like, she should be out of it. And she is, yeah. she is exhausted, isn't she? There was a scene where she's asleep um mm-hmm. and the son's pottering about doing stuff um so yeah mate you know what yeah that's a good point that makes more sense i just liked her character and would have liked to have seen her in it more but she's not kind of
1: yeah I, it wouldn't make I mean, sense it, yeah in my head canon, it's just her it's just her maternal instincts pushing her to keep going and like yes she's exhausted yes she just gave labor but her son needs medicine because he's got a giant hole in his leg now She's got to do something for the baby. She's got all this stuff going on. So like I, I justified in my own head, but at the same time, it's just like my wife couldn't really walk more than 20 feet after giving birth the first time, let alone the third time. Women um, are incredible. And Women then are not I, incredible. I really, they <laughs> definitely are. And I really want to know what they're doing with her in the, the third one. Uh, um, she's got a shredded quad muscle from the, the attack at the end of the boiler. Yes, she the, does. Yeah, yes, she does. Yeah, so, but the third movie, they've they've got to kind of bring everyone back together, or at least you would assume so. Hmm. So, like, what the heck is she going to do with yeah, that? Yeah, as well. Basically, useless left leg. I've just remembered <laughs> Literally, there'll
0: be the, the, the uh, it happens to Emma as well. He gets his leg like, shredded as well, like his lower thigh, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, his, yeah, his yeah. like
1: calf or something. Like yeah. one's got a knackered calf,
0: one's got a knackered kind of thigh. So, yeah, there's a lot of leg injuries in this, because because in films we know and leg injuries don't kill you.
1: Um, <laughs> well, that that was my first thought when I saw this again. Is just that that giant gash in her her quad is did it, did it get the femoral artery? Is she gonna did, survive? You're bleeding out. Yeah,
0: you're bleeding out. Yeah, she's out.
1: she's not making it. So, uh, maybe they're gonna say it's not that deep of a wound or something. I don't know. But that, that was my first thought seeing that. It's like, oh, man, she's not going to be able to walk now.
0: Oh, they could totally go for it. They could totally go for it and kill her really early on. Say she dies of an infection and Emmett dies or Emmett is all depressed and goes away. Um, they could definitely they could definitely do that. Um, oh, for God's sake. Sorry, I've just got a text from my mom. She's got COVID. Oh, for God's sake.
1: Oh, no. That's me not going near yeah.
0: then. Sorry, I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> I've just literally got a text with uh, sorry if you don't like swearing. I just got a text with fuck and a picture of the test. Uh, uh, no watching in Ince- see, I, I watched in uh, another podcast that um Savon from I saw uh, that I, I was a little I'm, upset with wa- you. He wanted to do I know he wanted to do inception, and I was like, okay. Um <laughs> but you know, I am definitely my mom wants to come back on and do another podcast. Um and my auntie wants to come back on, and my friend wants to come back on. My brother, my younger brother, wants to come on and do uh, Bean. You know where he went to America? Mm -hmm. Um, She does a good impression of Bean, uh, which is (laughs) I've got a teaser trailer up for. um, So, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that went a bit off piece there. But no, um, just to wrap it up, summarise that, yeah, I I, I love the film. I was really worried it wasn't going to be as good as it was. Like, I thought it can't be as good as the first one, but it really was. And I thought it had, obviously you don't have that iconic moment of, her in the, like, the bath scene, but I would say that the best, the bear kind of trap scene and things like that definitely were. I kind of, it does show the humanity of Emmett's character that he doesn't warn them. Like, he doesn't do, like, a warning shot to them. Like, he doesn't do anything to stop that situation from happening, which, again, just shows that massive change in him from the beginning to the end, um... I've just
1: realized. Yeah, it's that that survivalist instinct. Yeah. Um, But these movies just do so many good things with dialogue and sound. And um, one of the things I didn't time it, but according to IMDb, the last like 17 and a half minutes of this movie basically, from the moment Jaimon Hensu gets killed, (laughs) there's no dialogue. uh You can laugh a little bit because it's it like we said it's like the it's Sean such, a trope trope. Yeah, it's it, such a trope. It's such a trope. But um, yeah, there's there's no dialogue in the last like 17 and a half minutes of the movie, and it's it's incredible. You don't even think about it. It's kind of like the opening to Wally, where it's just visuals, and it it still draws you in through the music, through the acting, through the performances, and it, it just encapsulates everything about these movies that just makes them so engrossing and good. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I am I, um absolutely loved it um but no thanks for joining me josh um and just before we go because your podcast you know it's not like it's top of the ratings or anything uh it is it is this is sarcasm people by the way um uh yeah thanks
1: to the 30 people that listen to us
0: hey hey it's 30 people it's more than i get yeah i'm
1: i'm not i'm not i'm not crying honestly uh we we've had some good stuff going on lately and uh I am extraordinarily proud of how this year has gone. Um since January, I feel like we have turned out some really quality episodes. Yeah. Um when we came back, I was like, Yeah, this is fun, it's whatever. Um, but we we've had some really good fortune and uh, just some really good conversations that have come up. Yeah, um, good, but go yeah, I, I guess you're I guess you're leading me into um talking about myself a little bit more. it's just a it's just selling point. at the end. I'll do it
0: with everybody, it's only fair
1: you know? Eh, I, I suppose. I mean, I'm, I'm not contractually obligated to anything. I just, well, I just like, like talking things. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gave me the opportunity. I'm going to do it. Uh, you don't so want, the, f- you don't want the free publicity.
0: That's fine. I'll just finish it now.
1: <laughs> Forget Josh's podcast. Uh, I,
0: listen to mine. People.
1: <laughs> well, yes, definitely listen to Sean's podcast. There's a reason why I've been on here multiple times. Uh, but we, I I run talking smack it's, uh, superheroes, movies, animation, comics, uh, basically anything entertainment. Uh, it's just an excuse for me and my friends to get together and talk nerd stuff. Um, but the, uh, we've had some really good episodes lately. Um, if you look us up on Spotify, make sure you put in the superheroes, at least in the search, because there is a sports one that runs concurrently. Uh, that is also talking smack with no K at the end. It's SMAC like us. Um, so don't listen to that one or you can, if you like sports, <laughs> but if you want, if you want like nerd stuff, um, really make sure you add in that superheroes. Cause like I said, uh, we've been, I have been really proud of the stuff we we've, we've turned out this year. We did a really cool interview with, um, one of my favorite comic book writers, Kyle Higgins and, uh, his team that created the super massive comic. Uh, we had an interview recently with Adam Rose, who has a new comic coming out, uh, called Corollary which that one is, it looks really cool. Um, and then uh, we've had a couple of really good review episodes with Encanto. Um, Lewis, Lewis shared a really good story about um, Encanto, his, his experience with Encanto and his son. Uh, and it, just like the importance of diversity. And uh, uh, again, another episode that I'm really proud of that we had recently was our one year anniversary of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Rainy. Um, that one was a really good episode uh, with Rainy from the Red Dove podcast, which if you don't listen to them, I do strongly recommend them as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm mostly just gushing and blubbering at this point. Um, I just love talking nerd stuff and uh, podcasting in general. Uh, it's just a really fun outlet to let all this stuff out. Uh, I know my wife is sick of me talking to her about it. So getting to talk to my friends and people like Sean is just, uh, it's icing on the cake.
0: No, thank thank you very much. No, it's, it's the same for me. Um, so yeah, go check out uh, Josh's podcast, the Talking Smack Podcast. Um the logo's kind of like anime-esque cartoony looking. Uh so that's the one you want to pick because there are a few and I did make that mistake when I first searched for oh, you.
1: Yeah. I can probably make things simple by talking about the Twitter. Uh the Twitter is at talking smack pod. Uh smack is spelled S M-A-C. And yeah, talking smack pod, that's that's the podcast. You can find us through all our links in our episode shares there. And we share a lot of Sean's stuff too. <laughs> you do, so. And
0: you review every single episode, which I, I can only you you. do.
1: But I like the idea of like, you have someone come on and talk about a movie that. Yeah. Just review it yourself. I, I
0: never intended it to become, um, because I did originally do a podcast that I, I'm still waiting to see if I'll ever link to this uh, with my friend for a few episodes. And he was the one who wanted me to do it. I'd never really heard of podcasting. And then um, he didn't want to do it anymore for various reasons. And, um, you know, he had stuff going on, so I said, "All right." That's and he told me to continue myself. That's where the name came from. And then I found that I've loved collaborating with people to the point where my solo episodes have dwindled to virtually nothing. The next like four episodes, there's some great stuff coming out. Just like you've gushed over some of the stuff you've done. Like the next few episodes, including this one, we've got um, the, you know, we've got they'll come out. They'll already be out by the time you hear this. But there's like the Mummy Returns, um. I reviewed uh, and drag me to hell both reviewed with Sarah from weird horizon podcast. It was hilarious. She's from down South in England. So we have a, we had a great laugh on that, but I just love talking to people and, and just having a bit of a laugh and talking about films, especially films like this that are really, really good. And you can dive into them and say, what about this? And what about that? And it's like talking with you. I've said loads of stuff. I didn't even think of like the mm-hmm. fact she's just given birth and you think, Oh, it makes sense. She can't run around. Uh, and you got a hole in the foot. You know, you forget because it's like, you forget that it's like, what? It's right at the end of the, you know, it's it's not, it's almost like It and It Part Two. It's not chapter two. It's not two films in separate times. It's the same kind of put together. If you know what I mean? So, yeah. But uh, but thank you for coming on, Josh. Um, and Thank you to anybody, if you're still listening, uh, if you've managed <laughs> to get through the uh, awful edit that this is no doubt going to be, but I hope the content will no doubt make up for it um i don't know what's going on my internet um it's it's always when you don't want it it's been fun all day uh but yeah thank you josh and thank you to anybody for listening uh you can find review yourself on uh anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on the social medias somebody told me i need to start doing a proper outro because i just kind of go thank you see you bye (laughs) so i was like you need to talk about it i'm like well (laughs) i don't know uh so yeah thank you for listening and uh yeah keep coming back and listening and let me know what you think as well uh people uh, let me know what you think of the episodes what do you want me to review cheers and thank you josh for for joining me
1: thanks for having me
0: Cheers, guys